tap tap uh hello and welcome to the daily bible reading show uh i'm just about to find cow uh but before that i'm going to read one kings chapter one so this is one kings chapter one uh it's quite a long passage <laughs> so i think maybe not the whole thing lah, huh? okay one kings one now king david was old and advanced in years and although they covered him with clothes. He could not get warm. Therefore, his servant said to him, um, Let a young woman be brought for my lord, the king, and let her wait on the king and be in his service. Let her lie in your arms, that my lord, the king, may be warm. Looking at the footnote. Lie in your bosom, <laughs> that you may be warm. Verse 3, So they sought... For a beautiful young woman throughout all the territory of Israel and found Abishag the Shunammite and brought her to the king. The young woman was very beautiful and she was of service to the king and attended to him, but the king knew her not. Okay, so quite a dodgy start. Uh, talks about how David, uh, now quite already, uh, and um, he... Uh, for some reason, you know, he cannot get warm even though they give him a lot of baju. So their solution is quite a dodgy solution. They try to get a girlfriend for him to sleep with him. I think to do more than just sleep with him. Um, it didn't work though. I think it speaks maybe to David's character that uh, it says at the end of verse 4, the king knew her not. Uh, but already it goes to show that... Um, David is quite old at this point of time. You know, people are doing things for him. He can't do it for himself. And um, yeah, I think it's the shape of things to come. You know, he is no longer in control of himself, of the kingdom. Okay, let's continue. Verse 5. Now, Adonijah, the son of Hagith, exalted himself, saying, I will be king. And he prepared for himself chariots and horsemen and 50 men to run after him. <laughs> That's quite funny. 50 guys always chasing after him. He's posse, you know, he's mata. Matai, yeah. Verse 6, his father had never at any time displeased him by asking, why have you done thus and so? Uh, he was also a very handsome man, very lengthy, and he was born next after Absalom. He conferred with Joab, the son of Zeruiah, and with Abithar, the priest, and he followed Adonijah and helped him. But Zadok, the priest, and Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, and Nathan, the prophet, and Shimei, and Ray, and David's mighty men were not with Adonijah. So we're introduced to David's son, Adonijah, who says, you know, I want to be the next CEO. I want to be the king because my dad, you know, no use already, going to die already. So he starts building up his support. And I think also he starts um, uh, identifying his potential enemies. That's why it says um, he uh, conferred with Joab. So he, his support is this guy Joab. But the people he didn't confer with, his, he didn't make friends with, uh, were uh, Zadok, Benaiah, Nathan. 
and all these guys. That means he knew that these guys would not support him as king. So he was choosing his friends very carefully, and he was just playing the cards uh, uh, to try to gather the support that he would need to be the next uh, king. And it looks like, um, yeah, it looks like it was working. Verse 9, Adonijah sacrificed sheep, oxen, and fattened cattle by the serpent stone, which is beside Enrogel, and he invited all his brothers, the king's sons, and all the royal officials of Judah. But he did not invite Nathan the prophet, or Benaiah, or the mighty men, or Solomon his brother. Aha, so he leaves out his brother. So I think uh, the fact that he mentions these guys in a particular uh, order is that all these guys would support Solomon, his brother. Yeah, so he's essentially trying to uh, take the kingdom from his brother Solomon. Um, but what's interesting is the description of Adonijah. He's very lengthy. <laughs> verse 6, he was also a very handsome man. And also verse 6, his father never said, why are you doing this? That means David, how to put this? Huh? David was very relaxed with him. You know, never disciplined him, never questioned uh, his actions, and he kind of had his way, I guess, all his life. So this was just another one of his exploits. He's been doing this all his life, and he's what we would call a go-getter. You know, so he sees it, he wants it, he goes for it. And that's what he does here. And it seems reasonable to him, I guess, because that's just the way that his own dad, the king, has treated him all his life. And it might be a kind of caricature, but um, you do wonder sometimes, you know, sons of CEOs, sons of very rich families, you know, with all the power and with all the approval that they have, um, they seem to have in their minds that they can get away with anything. I deserve this kingdom. Okay, verse 11. Uh, then Nathan said to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, have you not heard that Adonijah, the son of Haggith, has become king, and David our Lord does not know it? Oh, yeah, David is clueless. Now therefore come, let me give you advice that you may save your own life and the life of your son Solomon. Go in at once to King David and say to him, Did you not, my lord the king, swear to your servant, saying, Solomon, your son, shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne? Why then is Adonijah king? Then while you're still speaking with the king, I also will come in after you and confirm your words. So Nathan... Um, tries to give some advice to Bathsheba. So Bathsheba is the queen, like queen consort at this point of time. It says, hey, you know, David already promised that your son will be king. Uh, but we need to do this in a very smart way. Uh, I think, again, um, they're not sure how, what kind of state the king is in. So he says, okay, you go in. You say, how come you're going to this other guy become king when you already promised my son? And then I will come in. You know, Nathan is like the prime minister. I will come in and give um, some verification of uh, this news. So, yeah. Uh, verse 15, so Bathsheba went to the king in his chamber. Now the king was very old and Abishag the Shunammite was attending to the king. 
Uh, Bathsheba bowed and paid homage to the king, and the king said, What do you desire? She said to him, My lord, you swore to your servant by the Lord your God, saying, Solomon your son shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne. So you promised this. You said Solomon. Solomon is going to be king. Solomon is going to sit on the throne. Verse 18, And now behold, Adonijah is king, although you, my lord the king, do not know it. He has sacrificed oxen, fattened cattle, and sheep in abundance, and has invited all the sons of the king, Abithar the priest, and Joab the commander of the army. But Solomon, your servant, he has not invited. And now, my lord, the king, the eyes of all Israel are on you to tell them who shall sit on the throne of my lord, the king, after him. Otherwise, it will come to pass when my lord, the king, sleeps with his fathers that I and my son Solomon will be counted offenders. That means um, they'll kill us. You know, and I guess that makes sense because uh, Solomon is the brother, well, half-brother of uh, Adonijah. And once he becomes king, he's a threat to Adonijah's kingship. And so it makes sense that Adonijah will want to wipe out the competition. So she says, you know, not only has he done this without your knowing, but once you die, we'll die as well. So Bathsheba is trying to appeal to the king's uh, mercy, you know, please, you know, save us, save our lives. But also, I guess, uh, maybe to his pride, uh, you know, this guy did it without your knowing, you know, he, he just took it for himself, even though you promised it to someone else. And he gathered all this support, again, without you knowing, you know, got all these guys behind him, almost as if he's a threat to the king himself. Yeah. Uh, verse 22, while she was still speaking with the king, Nathan the prophet came in. <laughs> all arranged already, all these guys. You know, a lot of scheming, right? You know, it's like a, an act. You know, it's like a, a play that they're doing for the king's benefit. Verse 23, and they told the king, here is Nathan the prophet. And when he came in before the king, he bowed before the king and with his face to the ground. And Nathan said, my lord the king, have you said Adonijah shall reign after me? And he shall sit on my throne, question mark. For he has gone down this day, has sacrificed oxen, fattened cattle, and sheep in abundance. Spent a lot of money, <laughs> did a lot of sacrifices. And has invited all the king's sons, the commanders of the army, and Abithar the priest. Now, it's just worth mentioning that he invites the priests and does all these sacrifices. Because it's in it, in it. you know, the way that he's installed as king is that he is doing this ceremony before God. So these are sacrifices before God. So it's not just him claiming that, you know, I'm the most suitable person in the kingdom to become king, uh, but that he's almost saying that, you know, God has now anointed me as king. Because that's how David became king. You know, God chose him. And so Adonijah is taking it upon himself to say that, hey, God has chosen me as well. Hmm. Uh, and behold, they're eating and drinking before him and saying, Long live King Adonijah, but me, your servant, and Zadok the priest, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and your servant Solomon, he has not invited. Has this thing been brought about by my lord the king? And you have not told your servants who should sit on the throne of my lord the king after him. Verse 28, Then King David answered, 
Now, it's quite interesting. Uh, this is the first time that David actually speaks in this whole chapter. Is that right? I think so, right? Yeah, yeah. Until now, he like cannot keep himself warm, never do anything like that, no one like, like, so sorty like that. <laughs> but suddenly now, he actually opens his mouth and gives some commands. Call Bathsheba to me, verse 28. So she came into the king's presence and stood before the king. And the king swore, saying, As the Lord lives, who has redeemed my soul out of every adversity, as I swore to you by the Lord, the God of Israel, saying, Solomon, your son shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne in my place. Even so will I do this day. Then Bathsheba bowed with her face to the ground and paid homage to the king and said, May my Lord, King David, live forever. So he says, right, not only have I promised you, I'll make it happen today. <laughs> so David suddenly like springs into action, suddenly like got a lot of energy like that. And maybe again, um, I wonder if they expected this. I guess they hoped for it. But again, he keeps saying in the passage, he's very old, very old, very old, and maybe implying that he might die already. But suddenly life comes to him. And this might be something that God is doing. And this might be something also he himself realized that he should be doing as the king. He acts like the king, finally. Verse 32, King David said, Call to me Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada. So they came before the king, and the king said to them, Take with you the servants of your Lord, and have Solomon my son ride on my own mule and bring him down to Gihon, and let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet there anoint him king over Israel. Then blow the trumpet and say, Long live King Solomon. You shall then come up after me. Actually, let me check. Yeah, yeah recording. <laughs> I thought I forgot to press record. Uh, you shall then come up after him, and he shall come and sit on my throne, for he shall be king in my place. And I've appointed him to be ruler over Israel and over Judah. And Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, answered the king, Amen. May the Lord, the God of my Lord, the king, say so. As the Lord has been with my Lord the King, even so may he be with Solomon and make his throne greater than the throne of my Lord, King David. So it seems as if Solomon is very passive in this story. <laughs> you know, um, he is being made king. Solomon does not say, I want to be king, I deserve to be king. If anything, you know, he is not saying anything. Rather, it's uh, Nathan who notices uh, that, you know, maybe there's something wrong going on with someone else becoming king. David himself initiating then now this whole ceremony, you know, go get all the priests, get all the sacrifices, go to the temple, say, you know, God anoints this person as king. But Solomon is made, he's passively made king. And I think uh, that's intentional. Again, um, as a contrast to Adonijah who wants to be king, and Adonijah who thinks, I'm very linked, I, you know, I deserve to be king. But Solomon is somehow maybe caught in the whole drama, and it's not really by his choice or by his ambition, but it, I, again, I guess it highlights how it is ultimately God's choice. God works through the events, through these kind of like schemings. It is kind of like a scheme by Nathan, and even through the ambitions of uh, Adonijah, if you think of it, if it wasn't for this guy gunning for the throne, you know, maybe Solomon would not even be king at this day. 
you know, maybe David would have died and never would have proclaimed Solomon as king. But somehow, God works through all these mechanisms and ambitions and schemings to bring about God's will, God's purposes. Uh, see how much longer. Uh, verse 38, So Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and the Carathites and the Pelethites went down and had Solomon ride on King David's mule and brought him to Gihon. Then Zadok the priest took the horn of oil from the tent and anointed Solomon. Then they blew the trumpet, and all the people said, Long live King Solomon. And all the people went up after him, playing on pipes, rejoicing with great joy, so that the earth was split by the noise. Um, verse 39, the way that they crowned Solomon as king is that they anointed him. And this word anoint uh, has two meanings. First of all, it just means pour oil. <laughs> and this oil, imagine, you I don't know, you go back and you think the olive oil or cooking oil, when you pour it on the head, it just flows on the head. It's symbolic of God's blessing upon this particular individual. And that's what anointed means. It's a symbol of God's blessing. And anointed one means Christ, Messiah. That's where we get the word Messiah. And that is then the symbol of the king. This is someone who is blessed by God. This is someone who is chosen by God to be king over God's people. He's the anointed one. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, I'll just read on. I, I thought I'd skip over, but actually just two more paragraphs. Verse 41. Adonijah and all the guests who were with him heard it as they finished feasting. Actually, I can hear my laundry just finishing. So um, yeah, just get this done first. And uh, when Joab heard the sound of the trumpet, he said, What does this uproar in the city mean? <laughs> While he was still speaking, behold, Jonathan, the son of Biathar, the priest, came. And Adonijah said, Come in, for you are a worthy man, and you bring good news. Jonathan answered Adonijah, No, for our Lord King David has made Solomon king. Gonna <laughs> chat, it's, it's crazy because um, Joab, the military commander, has no idea what's happening in the city. And Adonijah thinks that someone's coming to tell him good news. So he also has no idea what's going on, but it's actually very, very bad news. And the king has sent with him Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and the Carathites and the Pelethites, and they had him ride on the king's mule. And Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him king at Gihon, and they've gone up from there rejoicing so that the whole city is in uproar. All that noise that you hear, they are celebrating someone else becoming the king. Not you. You had your party. You thought you were king. This is a bigger party. That guy is the real king. This is the noise that you've heard, verse 45. Solomon sits on the royal throne. Moreover, the king's servants came to congratulate our Lord, King David, saying, May the, your God make the name of Solomon more famous than yours and make his throne greater than your throne. And the king bowed himself on the bed. And the king also said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who has granted someone to sit on my throne to this day. My own eyes have seen it. Oh, okay. Um, and it says here to someone, the footnotes, one of my offspring. Yeah. <laughs> Which is quite insulting, right? He's saying that, Adonijah, you're not my offspring. <laughs> but this guy is my real chosen son. Uh, just worth saying that earlier on I said this was not good news because it was bad news. He said, hey, you're not the king. That guy is the king. 
But actually, the very definition of good news in the Bible is that the king is the king. You know, the, 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 the term good news technically is the announcement of the new king who is born, who is chosen, who is ascended to the throne. And in this case, this is good news. Solomon is the king. It's just that this good news is bad news for this person who is trying to be the king himself. And actually, uh, this was, um, yeah, uh, some of you guys know, right? I'm now going to Bible college. It's quite random. I wasn't planning to. <laughs> and then, don't know how now, now suddenly Thursdays I have to go for a morning lecture from morning 8.30 until 3.30. Then now, I'm chat already. But in order to get into Bible college, I remember I had to go for this interview and the principal actually asked me as part of the interview, uh, I think it was the very last question. He said, can you please tell me what is um, the gospel? Just tell me the gospel. And I said to him, well, you know, I guess you ask a lot of the students this question and you've heard a lot of answers. Um, I'm not sure whether I'll give you the best one, but I think I'll try to give you the shortest one. Uh, I think the gospel says that Jesus Christ is Lord. And everything else flows from there. You know, Jesus Christ is King, or Jesus Christ is the King, is the Lord, is God. And, you know, everything else flows from this announcement, this gospel, that Jesus is Lord. You know, because He's Lord, you know, he's able to save. Because he's Lord, he's able to forgive. Because he's Lord, you know, his dying on the cross is God's way of coronizing him, of, of, of anointing him through his suffering. And so this good news flows from the fact that God's Messiah is the king, which means it can be bad news. It can be bad news for those who do not acknowledge this king, it can be bad news for those who, you know, want themselves to be king. But it doesn't change the fact. It is good news. Jesus Christ is Lord. Or in this case, um, Solomon is Christ. Okay, uh, verse 49, and just finish it off. Uh, then all the guests of Adonijah trembled and rose, and each went on his way. And Adonijah feared Solomon. So he arose and went and took hold of the horns of the altar. <laughs> he's scared already. He's scared his brother's going to kill him. Uh, because he, I think, I think, I think it's because that's what he would do. And Anajah, if I became king, I will kill the competition. So he thinks now that he's king, he's going to kill me. So what he does is he runs to the temple and the altar is this square barbecue pit at, at every corner of the altar. There's, there's these horns pointed inwards. And so he's holding on to the horns <laughs> for mercy. He said, yeah, he said, thinking that maybe no one will kill him at the temple. Verse 51, then it was told Solomon, behold, Adonijah fears King Solomon, for behold, he's laid hold of the horns of the altar, saying, let King Solomon swear to me first that he will not put his servant to death with the sword. And Solomon said, if he will show himself a worthy man, not one of his hairs shall fall to the earth, but if wickedness is found in him, she shall die. So King Solomon sent, and they brought him down from the altar, and he came and paid homage to King Solomon. And Solomon said to him, Go to your house. Fun, okay. <laughs> Go back. And I guess here is Solomon acting as a king, as a righteous king, as a kingly king. You know, he acts as... He, 
he you know he acts in authority, speaks from authority. But he opens his mouth, and now that he is king, he owns it. You know, he he, he realizes, and he just you know does the job. I guess, yeah. Uh, what do we learn from this kind of random passage? Um, uh, there's, I think, there's a great temptation to moralize this to say that Adonijah is the bad guy, Solomon's the good guy. Uh, maybe so, you know, Adonijah being a spoiled, maybe brat, that kind of thing. But I think the bigger picture, again, is how God is able to use this whole situation to bring about his chosen king. Uh, I'm going back to Malaysia, uh, and <laughs> some people, I'll be honest, you know, some people are not very happy I'm going back to Malaysia for, for good reasons. They say, you know, Malaysia, not, not very proper, and <laughs> because there are all these kind of like political maneuverings, you know, in the government, in the way that elections are run, you know, the most powerful person is sometimes the most scheming person. And this trickles down into the working world, sometimes even in the church world. You know, you're always trying to maneuver your way into a position whereby uh, you're on top. And that's what we see here in this story, right? I mean, no one actually comes across um, very well, not even David. You know, David, he is actually quite powerless to begin with, but then he steps up. But even so, you know, he was being manipulated. And even Nathan, you know, Nathan, he gives good counsel, but even the way that he does it, I think he shows that he doesn't trust the king as much and he has to orchestrate this kind of um, conversation with Bathsheba and da 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 that kind of thing. Um, but I think it shows that God doesn't need to use like the super nice, perfect, best person to bring about his purposes. In the end, God is the king. In the end, God will make sure that things will only work according to his will. And I mean, and I think this is all the more apparent in a situation where things are not proper, as people call it in Malaysia, where things are in a mess, where there are lots of people who are not the best character, whether, again, in government, in church, or in work, that kind of thing. It doesn't mean that God isn't God. If anything, sometimes you see God's will and authority and power through all these ambitious and scheming and double-faced people. Because in the end, God will always achieve his will and God will do it in such a way that, um, I don't know, even the most scheming person will be chato, <laughs> will be fooled and will have to admit, will we'll have to run away fearful of the true king. Uh, that's not a very like great kind of summary, uh, but again, you know, I'm just just reading this before going to Fangkau. Just had very very big dinner, it's also a bit sleepy, um, but uh, I think this is very very encouraging. I think it's just a good reminder of God's sovereignty, God's goodness, and of Christ, Christ who is the King, but also the kind of King who is merciful, who um, ascended the throne in humility. He was not ambitious who is submissive to his own father and who is able to lead us in such a way that, you know, that, you know, in the, reflects his righteousness. You know, when we serve him, the kind of kingdom that he's in is meant to reflect, you know, um, truth and mercy and righteousness because that's the kind of king, that's the kind of kingdom that God wants. 
Okay, I'm going to end. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you that it is his kingdom that we live in and it is him that we call our Lord and our King. Thank you. It comes to us through his death on the cross. We are rebellious. We are more like Adonijah than we are like Solomon, more like the rebellious people than we are um, uh, people who seek after your will. But please change us. Please show us mercy and please transform us by your grace. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, thanks for joining me. This has been the Daily Bible Reading Show looking at 1 Kings chapter 1. Take care and God bless. Bye. Shh.